Held at the mercy of the Dark Woman, Castian must convince her that he's a changed man and is ready to learn about the light side of the Force. She is, to say the least, skeptical. The halls of the Imperial Palace are crowded today. And Castian, you still aren't used to seeing this many people. This many people jostling you, bumping into you. Castian is keeping his head down and concentrating on his breathing. His mentor, Tremaine, has taught him how to control his outbursts. And though a couple times he feels himself wanting to snap as somebody hits his shoulder, he, he keeps it calm and he focuses. And he just focuses on the pain that's in his mouth. His, his teeth had recently just been repaired. For the first time, they actually are white and clean and polished like Castian. He is renewed. He is made anew. He will not fail to remain. He will not mess up again. He will not return to being a slave. But he is running late. Was it his fault? Castian is picking up the pace, occasionally throwing an elbow or two into a passing officer as they get in his way. Out of my way! Castian knows if push comes to shove, he does have higher authority than the majority of people here. But that's if push comes to shove. Tremaine might just say, no, you're causing too much trouble. You're going back to the Inquisitor compound several sectors away. And Castian does not want to return there. This is Coruscant, the gem of the Galactic Empire. He's proud to be here. After only one or two wrong turns, Castian, you find the viewing chamber that you've been assigned to. Castian immediately stops at the door, catches his breath so it doesn't look like he was running, straightens his outfit. It still feels a little stuffy. He's not used to this kind of fabric around him. It's, it's too soft. But after he makes sure he looks presentable, he walks in with a straight posture and a steady pace. Several other Inquisitors are already there, and they all turn to look at you, including a smug, blonde human woman that has been going through training with you. Castian shoots a glare towards the woman and takes a seat, which is sadly, the only one left is right next to her. And he sits down, and he just kind of acts like it doesn't matter that he was the last one here, he was here. He did make it before anybody started talking. Hopefully. Up at the front of the room, one of the High Inquisitors sighs. As I was saying before, we were so rudely interrupted. Castian hides his wince and just looks up and presents his data pad as he's taking notes. You know that this High Inquisitor is somewhat of a rival of Tremaine's. This is Inquisitor Brandle. Brandle, yes. Found as a performer by the Emperor himself, he mostly uses emotions to manipulate his opponents. He is well-versed in lightsaber combat, not as good as Tremaine. You also know that the woman next to you is his protege. Brandle at the front of the room continues. Today you are to learn what monsters you are up against when you face a Jedi. Castian hides a scoff. He's seen Jedi in action. He's not that worried about them. Brandel taps a couple of buttons on his control pad, dimming the lights in the viewing chamber. And up on the screen, you see security footage. There's codes in the corners of the video that tell you that this dates back to the very final days of the Clone Wars. In fact, it is on the evening of the very day that the Emperor himself reclaimed the Jedi Temple in the name of the Empire's glory. 
The location is Coruscant, but far on the other side of the planet from where you're sitting now. The security footage shows a medical bay where a dozen Bacta tanks are filled with people, people that have obviously been through intense battle. Humans, aliens, men, women, even some very young adults, teenagers. Castian, you would certainly recognize them as having the distinctive braids of Padawans. The security footage is silent as you see a pair of clone troopers cross the medical bay, obviously discussing something, but you're unable to understand it. Brandel, however, takes it upon himself to narrate. This dozen Jedi warriors do not let their alien nature or their young ages or the elderly among them fool you, for they are all vicious monsters. Here they have been treated for their wounds that they suffered while decimating an entire battalion of Separatist forces. Just these twelve. As you can see, these loyal clone troopers are serving as guards until they receive the order from our mighty Emperor himself that these traitors have attempted a coup on the Republic and sought to rule in their own right. Castian snarls at that. That sounds that's such a Jedi thing to do. Here, you can see their comrades in arms have arrived to assist them with the execution order. And as Brandel narrates that, another dozen clone troopers walk into the room. So there are now 14 clone troopers in this medical facility. And they start going up to the Bacta tanks and flipping a switch. It shouldn't be this easy, but for some reason, all it takes is flipping one switch and you see the lights power off. You see the bubbles in the tank that are operating the breathing apparatus still. And you see one by one, these Jedi who had been floating peacefully in the Bacta tanks begin to struggle as they suffocate in the liquid. One by one, an older man, a young Twi'lek woman, a large Rodian. One by one, the clone troopers follow their orders. And then they reach the last of the Bacta tanks. It is an older woman in the Bacta tank. She has long, dark hair that is beginning to be streaked with silver. Her hair is wound in a braid hanging down her back, a long, single braid, but floating in the Bacta. As she's healing from extensive surgery, she's wearing bandages covering all of her sensitive parts. And as the clone trooper reaches out to flip that switch, you see her eyes open. Before the clone trooper can flip the switch, deactivating all life support to this Bacta tank. She gives a powerful kick with her legs, pushing herself up to the top of the Bacta tank, and with a powerful push that you are sure is assisted by the Force, blows the top off of the Bacta tank. She does a backflip out of the tank, flinging droplets of Bacta fluid everywhere, landing in a crouched position in front of six clone troopers. 
Castian blinks as he notes that this woman is clearly injured. She has bandages all over her body, yet she looks like she is ready to take on the Emperor himself. And Castian just leans forward, now enthralled by the show. Take note of this woman's temerity. The arrogance she demonstrates here as she taps into the Force and wields it like an animal. And the woman remains unarmed the entire time as she begins to tear into these clone troopers. As they pull out their blasters, she holds up a hand using the Force to draw them to her. But instead of turning them back around on her enemy, she breaks them apart with her bare hands, tossing the sparking bits to each side. She keeps herself low to the ground. Brandel's animal metaphors are not incorrect for this woman, as her lips are pulled back in a feral snarl. It's a very familiar look, Castian. It's one that you have seen many times and probably one you've had yourself where the single-minded animalistic goal is survive by any means necessary. The woman lashes out with her hands, with her feet, with the force, kicking, spinning, taking down clone trooper after clone trooper. Shots are going wild, arcing across the medical equipment, exploding the Bacta tanks, unfortunately not soon enough for any of the Jedi within to take one last full breath as any time a Bacta tank shatters, another corpse falls to the floor. You see the woman watch one of the Padawans come out of the tube, and you can't hear it, but you see her give just a feral shriek of pain and anger that pushes her forward towards the clone trooper that fired the errant shot that took out that Bacta tank. Brandel continues to narrate much like a wildlife documentarian might. The history you must understand about this particular specimen of the Jedi Order is she thought that she was better than any other force wielder, that she had a more innate understanding of the mysteries of the force than even her elders in the Jedi Temple did. She thought that she had solved the mysteries of the Force, and that in order to embrace the balance of it, one must sacrifice all corporeal connections. Obviously, this did not work for her, as even her dedication to her ascetic lifestyle could not save her comrades from the righteous glory of the Empire. On the video footage, the last clone trooper falls. The woman stands up straight, the bandages just barely clinging to her, but she pays no mind to the state of her physical form. She looks up directly into the camera and with a powerful force push, throws herself at it and static cuts through as she rips it from the ceiling. The lights come back up in the viewing chamber. This dangerous criminal still lurks in the darkest corners of the galaxy. A fitting description, as in her quest to shed her bonds to the corporeal world, she even shed her name, insisting that all refer to her somewhat dramatically 
as the Dark Woman. This is the type of monster that you must be prepared to fight, and it is the type of monster whom you must kill, lest you be killed. Back on Coffrigen 5, Castian, you are staring into the dark, cold, unfeeling eyes of the very same woman you watched on that security footage in the viewing chamber in the Imperial Palace so many years ago. You're the Dark Woman. You're the Jedi. You're the... You're the... You're Jedi. You are... Oh, Castian is just kind of awe-stricken and honestly terrified terrified i mean he was probably more terrified of vader but he always describes vader as a force of nature uh, what castian probably never would confess to is when he saw that woman on that footage so many years ago that's the first thing he thought she was not a person she was a force of nature and so he's just again awestrucken and you are a filthy inquisitor trespassing. No, 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 no. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm not an inquisitor. I, I was, I was, uh, I'm Castian Sire. I was formerly a youngling at the temple. I, uh, I was lucky to escape with my life. You are also a liar. Uh, oh. The vines tighten around you. Okay, I, 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 I confess, I, I was an inquisitor. I was an inquisitor, but I, I escaped. I, I helped Madonin escape. I helped her. I freed her, and, and she gave her life to save me. And, and I've been running ever since. And why was Madonin, in the custody, of the Inquisitorius? Castian looks away. Can't really hide that shame. Or, you know what? He's going to try. He is going to try to look her in the eye and completely act like he had nothing to do with that because this woman is terrifying. Deception. So this is daunting, which is four. Upgrade that three times. So I rolled one failure and four advantages. And Castian's going to try to say, she was brought in by an Inquisitor agent. I, I don't know much more about it than that. Because you do not know yourself. Why do you Jedi always talk in riddles? My god, if it's not Madonin saying something that's ridiculous, it's Keita. And if it's not Keita, it's you. And how did any youngling ever learn anything if you're just speaking in riddles? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just a little, I'm a little aggravated, as you can see, because you're crushing me with vines. Perhaps we could just have a conversation. You clearly have the upper hand. The vines release you. Castian shoots up to his feet immediately. Still holding his lightsaber, which activates again now that his pressure point's not there. But he's not swinging at her, he, but he is ready to defend himself. Turn around now and you leave with your life. I don't have any place to go. I'm, I was left here for a month. That is a problem you must solve yourself. And she turns and as the waters are still rushing around you... She steps back onto her tree branch, and the tree begins to retract its branch, taking her back into the foliage. Castine reaches down and grabs his pack, the one that he had retrieved only for her to slam it into his body, and throws it over his shoulder, and he yells at her, Where are you going? No, st I- d Come on! I'm here to learn how to be a Jedi now! Oh god, that sounded awful. 
And Castian deactivates his blade and he clips it onto his belt. And he's going to look around as the waters are still flooded this area. He's going to look around for a vine to grab onto as he's going to actually give chase. This is a Jedi. Castian is terrified of her, but he's stuck here for a while and he came here for answers. And you know what? This is the right. This is the good idea. This is a good idea. Castian is going to give chase. Okay, let's, I'd say, what what skill would you like to use to give chase? Athletics. Castian has a bunch of athletics and he can use the force if he needs to. All right. So this is going to be a hard roll. That is a difficulty of three. I'm going to upgrade one of those. So you're rolling one red and two purple. I got one advantage. I got no force, no force at all. I have two dice and I rolled no force. I got two successes and I got a one despair. So I succeed and that's bad. (laughs) Castian, you are extremely driven to follow this woman. You have no idea when the waters are going to recede. So with that survival drive that has kept you alive for so long, pushing you forward, you jump into the trees like you are a monkey lizard and start swinging through the branches. The dark woman herself doesn't seem to be in any sort of great hurry to escape you. She is stepping from branch to branch, allowing the natural movement of the trees to take her forward. She doesn't even look over her shoulder as you are coming up behind her. You're moving quickly, but certainly not silently. She should be able to hear you and know that you're coming. And as you are just about to reach the latest branch that she has stepped on to stand side by side with this woman, you go to let go of the vine that you were swinging from and you are abruptly yanked backwards as the vine does not let go of you. You look up and coiled around your wrist is the tail of a vine snake. Oh, Castian lets out a uh, brave and heroic uh, yip as he immediately activates his blade to try to cut himself free from the snake that is coiling around his arm. Please roll initiative against the vine snake. Okay, I rolled three advantages and three successes. Castian, you strike first. Using quick draw, Castian immediately activates his blade and he's just going to try to cut through the snake's tail in order to get it off him. Not thinking ahead of, you know, the the second minion of this battle, gravity. The snake has a defense against melee of two. One threat, but two successes. So that is nine points of damage. There are very few creatures that can withstand the force of a lightsaber blade, but this snake appears to be one of them, as your blade absolutely cuts through the flesh of the snake, but when you reach the spine, it no longer goes through. Wow. Do I do any damage? Yes, yes, you absolutely hurt it. But it's still on me. I don't cut. Okay. Yes. Well, at least I don't need to face gravity this time. So yeah, Castian does nine points of damage minus whatever its soak is. And coming down towards your head now is the toothy maw coming for your face. I have a defense of one. With two successes, it deals eight damage as its teeth clamp onto your shoulder and neck biting into your flesh. And I soak four of that. So uh, these are wounds, yes? Yes. Castian lets out a scream of pain as this thing actually bites into him, and he's going to take another swing at it. 
I got a one threat and two triumphs. So I crit twice. With two triumphs, that's enough to take out the snake. What do you do? Castin rips his shoulder back, ripping this thing's teeth out of him. And as this thing goes down to bite into him once more, Castian deactivates his blade, shoves his blade into its mouth, and then activates it. You know, hoping that its skull isn't as resilient to lightsabers as its spine was. The blade cuts through the roof of this creature's mouth cleanly, and the tail that had been wrapped around your wrist immediately slackens. Oh no! Now please roll to resist gravity. What am I rolling? This would be athletics. Difficulty? Hard. With a setback die because you were not at all prepared for this. Uh, two successes. You reach out blindly, Casty, and your fingers reaching for any sort of purchase. And your hands slide down rough bark before your fingers finally clamp around a small branch. It's barely enough to hold your weight but you can swing your feet forward and kind of begin walking up the trunk of this tree. And as you look up, you see the dark woman staring down at you. Thanks for the help. Nessie was my favorite. Well, yeah, I feel so disappointed about Nessie, Castian says as he tries to pull himself onto this like branch that she is standing on. It's not graceful, so he ends up kind of just like crawling on his belly and then he rolls onto his back and just lets out a heavy breath. And then he reaches out and touches his, like, bite mark. Tell me, was Nessie poisonous? Nessie was not poisonous. Good. However, there are many insects that enjoy feasting upon raw flesh. Castian sits up immediately as he feels- he thinks he feels something, like, crawling on his back. And he's like, oh, this is an awful planet. Why did Madonin and you like planets like this? And what do you know? Of what Mudonin would like. Castian pauses as he realizes he's just messed up. You know what, Castian's just going to let out a sigh. Fine. Fine. You want truth? Here's the truth. Here's, here is the honest-to-God truth. I was the one that was sent to pick up Madonin. We didn't even know there was a Madonin. We were investigating some weird uh, reports coming from uh, Imperial Survey Team. And then she came ripping out through the jungle like you did with her vines and... Well, I negotiated for her surrender, and I brought her to the Imperial Palace, as was my job. And then some things happened, I messed up, and I too was thrown into the Imperial Palace, and me and Madonin escaped together. And she sacrificed herself to save me from High Inquisitor Tremaine. Her sacrifice was in vain. You know nothing of what Madonin sacrificed. She believed in me, and you know, it, it was really helpful. At least you saved me. You didn't quite save those 11 other Jedi in the Bacta tanks, did you? And yes, I saw the footage. The Inquisitor's pretty much trained on horror stories of the Dark Woman. If you watched that footage, then you know what I did to trained soldiers who were much more prepared than you were, you mewling child. I am what the Jedi made me. I didn't lie to you. I was a youngling. I was 10 years old when the clones decided that I was public enemy number one. I got sold into slavery to hide me from the clone troopers. So yeah, that was a really fun time for me. So don't act like I don't know about sacrifice and hardship and survival. 
Yes, I joined the Empire. Why wouldn't I? Jedi, at the time, I heard, were monsters. They took me from my mother. They made me listen to about a war that I didn't want to fight. I was told that I wasn't even good enough to be a Padawan. I was going to be in some agricorp. And then I got sold by a Jedi to hide me from the Empire into slavery. Metaphorically, out of the pan and into the fire. And yet, you survived. Yes, I survived, but there's more than just surviving in the world. Madonan taught me that. Listen, this is ridiculous. What are the chances that we would meet? You knew Madonan, my mentor. Madonan didn't just die like all the other Jedi. I held her in my arms and she... It was like she turned into nothing. The dark woman has been staring at you, her cold black eyes unmoved by your long tale of woe. But when you mention Mudonan disappearing into nothing, she tilts her head slightly. And since then, she's helped me. Not a lot, but occasionally, when I am desperate, she will whisper in my ear. And yet, where is she now? Castian is biting back a snarl, not wanting to argue with himself in front of the Dark Woman. I'm here because I have ran away from wanting to be a Jedi. You you could understand that, right? Like, I, I just wanted to survive. So yes, I joined the Empire when they freed me from the slavery. And yes, I, I ran from them. And yes, I freed Madonna just to save myself. But I, 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 I have spent the last year trying to just survive as a bounty hunter. And I realize I can't do that. I can't do that. I am a force user. And if I'm going to be a force user, there is only two routes for me. I can either be someone who falls to the dark side and I can feel it in the back of my head, whispering in my ears. Every temptation is there. And then there's a little bit of light and it's Madonan and it's Kita. All these Jedi that I were told to hate, they are giving me the only life raft I have, and I pull out Kida's journal, which is this book of scribbles. I don't have anything to teach me. I don't have anyone to help me understand the Force, and I know if it's just me, I don't know if I'm good enough. I'm sorry I joined the Inquisition. I'm sorry I hurt your friends. If it makes you feel better, I was a terrible Inquisitor. Which is why they were going to execute me. I'm not going to threaten you to say if you don't help me, I'll blab the secret of your whereabouts. This is your haven. I am just here begging you to let me at least just learn from afar. Write a report and I'll read it when you're not looking. I want to believe that the Jedi cared about the younglings. Back then, you were all just terrifying to us. We were kids. We didn't understand war. I understand it now. Or at least I want to. Help me, please. The dark woman looks at you again for a long moment, straightens her head back up, and says one word. No. And she steps back a little bit, only to take another step forward and puts her boot on your chest and kicks you into the water below. And she rolls three successes and two advantages to succeed on that kick. 
<laughs> so Gastian literally thinks he's like, you know, he's used to talking his way into things. And he has like the right the look on his face, the tears in his eyes. He's really milking this. And when she says no, he says, what? And then she kicks him and he falls back and just slams right into the water. And he comes out like a few seconds later sputtering. <laughs> and he's looking back towards where she was. And you see her back as she is once again moving the branches deeper into the forest away from you. Her back is to you. Now is your shot. I'm a Coruscanti maiden. I'm a Coruscanti maiden. Castian mumbles as he is clipping, making sure he clips his lightsaber to his belt, shoves his journal into his pack, and he's going to like swim towards the nearest tree and then climb up it. And as soon as he can... He's going to wipe the water out of his face, growl, reach for a vine to start chasing her, and then kind of remember Nessie, and decides to instead just hop from branch to branch, trying to give chase. Not give chase, because that didn't work last time. He's following her. And you know what? He's going to try to stealth his way and see where she hides. So your difficulty is going to be four red. And I'm going to upgrade both of these with destiny points and make him uh, two, my two green into two yellows. All right. <laughs> okay. I got two advantages, one success, and a despair. Another despair. So I succeed, and I, and I succeed poorly. You follow the dark woman at a distance for close to an hour, first through the treetops, then through open field, and then back onto a rocky plateau. Once you're on the rocky plateau, places to hide are few and far between. So as you are ducking from outcropping to scrub brush back to another outcropping, you're focused on keeping your eyes on her as you sense that she is nearing her destination and you want to make sure that you don't lose her as you see some of these outcroppings lead into tunnels and caves. As you are making one mad dash to another outcropping, seeking a place to hide, suddenly the rock underneath your feet turns to gravel and you lose your footing as you feel your ankle being yanked out from under you and up over your head, swinging you up in a rope trap. And as the rope dangles you over the edge of this rock face, you are slammed back into the mountainside and lose consciousness. That seems about right. When you come to, the sun has set. There is a fire crackling behind you. You are looking out into darkness, still hanging upside down. Oh, Castian is going to try to spin around but he can't quite get there. And then he just shouts over his shoulder, You left me up here? It's been hours. I could have bled to death. I know you're out there. I think. Say something if you're out there. Castian's going, uh, he's going to reach for his lightsaber blade to cut himself loose. Or to start to make a plan on how to get out of this thing. Because I'm over the rock face. You have no lightsaber. Oh, you stole my lightsaber. That's just, it's mine. It was gifted to me by Madonin, I think. Uh, Castian is going to take a long breath, focus, and concentrate. Through the headache pounding through his head right now, 
and the blood that has pulled in his skull. He's going to try to focus, and he's actually going to use move, uh, his force power, to try to lift him up. All right. I like it. So since you are acting upon yourself, you just need to roll the force dice to see what force you generate. And how many would I need? I just – I'm silhouette one. Yep. So I need to upgrade to silhouette one. So I need to activate my power, and I need to upgrade my power. So, so that's two. Yes. I got I got one dark side and two light side, and casting is going to use the light side. I think it's a good idea to do that in front of a Jedi. So I'm going to spend two of my remaining destiny points. And take two strain. Taking two strain, yes. And I think Castian does it. So Castian's going to try to kind of you do a sit-up in midair to see what's behind him, where the, what's crackling behind him. Behind you, you see a simple lean-to built against the rock face. You haven't moved from where you were earlier, And this certainly wasn't here when you were following the Dark Woman. So it seems to be some kind of temporary shelter that she has constructed. There is a large fire that is crackling. And she is sitting near it so that she is silhouetted against the flames. Is she facing me or facing the fire? You can't tell because she is in silhouette. Castian is going to try to, while he's concentrating, to untie the rope around his foot or whatever she used to snag him. It is a a rope, one that was obviously constructed by herself out of the local plant life. And then I'm going to try to scramble up the edge so I'm now not dangling over anything. And Castian's just going to stand there, breathing heavily, just glowering at her. And finally he says, Okay, I just want to know one thing. How did you know I was an Inquisitor? What makes you think that you are deserving of answers? Because you would have killed me and you would have at least left me there far away from your home if you were just going to ignore me this entire time. You let me lay there, which was not the nicest, but you didn't cut me loose and let me fall down to the bottom of this cliff face, which is I appreciate. You did take my blade, but you didn't use it against me. Again, I appreciate. So I'm assuming that we're here to have a dialogue. Mudonen's blade. It's my crystal. That crystal, I had to, I had to go through an entire force force hallucination quest thing to, 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 act, to turn it. Me, me, mine, I. Do you ever think of anyone other than yourself, Inquisitor? I am not an Inquisitor. I am Castian Sire. And I do think of others, but people who are worth my time. My friend. I have a friend. I have two. I have Bone, which is a droid, and my pilot, who is also my best friend. And I care about them very much, and I would do anything for them. And they care about me, too. They left you. I asked them to. Listen, I just... Faced off with Vader. She chuckles at your obvious lie. I, no, I'm not lying. I, okay, I didn't face off with Vader. I ran away from Vader. The first smart thing I have heard you do. So I was trying to hang low, and I was using Kita's journal to learn the Jedi way, and I noticed that he had a cipher. I, I typhon cipher. Yes, I know what those are. I am well-versed in the Jedi way sometimes. And I deciphered... This, the, the, the runes on Madonan's lightsaber, which led me here. Your fighting style betrays you. What? How I knew you were an Inquisitor. You all fight the same. 
I was trained by several of our Grand Inquisitors. I, I was actually very good at the skill of the lightsaber. The Inquisitors suffer from a genetic bottleneck. What do you mean by that? After the events with the clone troopers, there were only a select few left alive, and in the trust of the Emperor, who knew the ways of lightsaber fighting. And those same five traitors have been teaching for the last decade, class after class of Inquisitors, all learned the same tricks. Tricks that were stale when I was a young woman. Well, I'll give you this. You definitely know how to cut right into a person's ego. That is the first thing you must lose. My ego is the only thing that's kept me alive this entire time. It is what holds you back. In order for you to live... You must die. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot, Star Wars Force and Destiny podcast. You can now find all episodes on the Fandible Solo Shot podcast feed on iTunes and all other podcasting platforms. Please subscribe and leave us a review to help new listeners find us for their Star Wars actual play fix. You can also find us on Twitter at Solo Shot Podcast. And if you enjoy the stories we tell here and on the rest of the Fandible Podcast Network, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash fandible. Thanks again, and may the Force be with you always.